because I was out gallivanting around Sunken Gardens today, which is a interesting place. If you've never I've been never there. heard of that. It's a um, basically back in like 1903, a gentleman had some property in St. Petersburg, Florida, and he drained a lake. It's like four acres. Okay. He drained a lake, like a limestone lake, and planted his own garden in there. Huh. And it is now like a, you know, historical society thing. Right. Uh, I just pulled something up real quick. Uh, Sucking Gardens is a botanical paradise in the midst of a bustling... And literally, it is in the middle of St. Petersburg. Oh. It, as St. Petersburg's oldest living museum, this 100-year-old garden is home to some of the oldest tropical plants in the region. Uh, unwind as you stroll through meandering paths, lush with exotic plants from around the world. Explore cascading waterfalls, beautiful demonstrative demonstra- demonstra- uh, gardens. That thing. <laughs> yeah. More than 50,000 tropical plants and flowers. Cool. So, yeah, it's, uh, and there, um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, we took a lot of pictures in there. Hmm. Um, Sounds very interesting. Yeah, because my wife had got a thing through Groupon to get a family pass or like a group pass for a year for 25 bucks, whereas the normal family pass is $50. Uh Uh-huh. So, and she likes to, we hadn't done a Christmas picture so we had to go down, and that's where, you know, they did some posing and stuff. So we just – I usually don't go with them when they do the Christmas picture, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go because, you know, my daughter's – my oldest daughter is getting older. And, uh-huh. you know, she – we don't know if she's going to be around next Christmas because she may go off to college. We don't know. So I went out and did the family thing today. Well, that's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> I avoided my family today. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, I did some goofball pictures, which I'll put up after we get off here. Ah, okay. People expect no. They that's what they expect from me. The goofball. <laughs> it's what I do. You have seen the Skype picture you're using, right? Is that the one with me on the toilet seat with the lid on my head? Yes. Oh yeah. Well. Can't imagine why they expect goofball with that classy thing. Hey. <laughs> Greetings, and welcome to Anime Freaks, your source for all things anime, but right now Star Blazers. <laughs> I'm Gene Hendricks, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Dr. Bill Robinson. How you doing, Bill? Pretty good, and I would just like to point out, I am not the source of all things anime, I just what I'm interested in. <laughs> so let's just nip that right in, bud. Well, you said you're... no. I'm pretty sure that if this show goes on long enough... You know, like when we're in our 80s. We will have gotten to all things anime. But right now, it's just Star Blazers. I don't think so. Not at the rate I see things on Crunchyroll coming out. Oh, okay. All those shows. I mean, are we going to touch all the high school anime dramas? and Or are we just going to stick with aliens, ships, robots? Even that'll take us a while. Yeah. Especially at, like, one show a month. <laughs> I think the curve is going to surpass us, and I don't think we're going to catch up anytime soon. Curve probably already surpassed us, really. <laughs> yes. We're not as fast as we used to be. Oh, my God, Al. In here. How do you get in here? My God, he's, uh, I just hear jingle, 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 and he's right there. It's like Candyman. He has a teleporter. He must. Now I'm going to have to let him out before he jumps up on the screen. Hold on. And he goes to the door. He's climbing. He's looking. He realizes, hmm, someone's closed the door. Wait, listen, listen, wait. We're going to hear a jump in a second. He's getting poised. Thrilling podcast. And he's back down. Oh, come on, you stupid cat. No, because you're expecting him to do it. Therefore, he's like, he won't. <laughs> Hold on. 
<laughs> let him out of here before he jumps up on the screen in the middle of my synopsis and throws me off. All right, go. Get out. Go, go, go. Shoot. Yes, fine professionalism at its best. They wouldn't expect anything less. Yes. <laughs> and they're not going to expect anything more either. As you may have noticed, good listeners, uh, we are just on our own this time because we're sick of having our guest stars show us up in anime knowledge. <laughs> And artistic talent, as uh, as Matt was with all his art yes. stuff. Speaking of the Artmore Project, Bill, don't you have some news to share with the good people? Why, yes. Um, Star Wars in Character had their Artmore auction, and I was one of the bidders for the Star Force Wars piece that Matt did, which was the mock-up, mash-up of Boba Fett armor and Derek Wildstar's uniform. And I, uh, it was a, it was a tough battle, and my wife was hovering over me through the whole auction. Why are you bidding on this again? <laughs> oh yeah, I had I, I had some splaining to do, and I started with the pre bidding before the auction, and it was up to about seventy dollars, and I'm going. Ooh, okay. It's all for charity. See, I I backed off at ten. <laughs> I put a pre bid in on t- as ten dollars. Soon as it went to eleven, I'm done. Gone. <laughs> I did donate twenty dollars though to get all their exclusive episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. There was um, the uh, that... General Veers, uh, Dengar, Pondababa, uh, Biggs, Darklighter. Yep, Biggs, and they also include their songs from their holiday specials. Yes, those are hilarious. Yes, I love the holiday specials. <laughs> Another one just went up today as we're recording, and which um, actually you'll hear Arnold Schwarzenegger on that. Oh, really? At about mm. one hour and eighteen minutes in, somewhat. Or one hour and 15 minutes in? Well, that should get, end up on my playlist probably Tuesday. Because I have... I've listened to all except the most recent nine episodes. So, once I get through Back to the Bins and Earning My Ears and whatever other podcasts come out between now and then I'm already current on, then I get back into listening to Star Wars in character and then eventually I'll get back... I'll get caught up with that. That will definitely be this week, though. Oh yeah, they did a. There's a like a three and a half hour one that they did that they recorded live during the auction. Yeah, which was kind of weird because I listened to the entire auction online and then I went back and listened to them listening to the auction. <laughs> it's like one of those Aurora Boris snake eating itself things. How, how meta can you get? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to the bidding. When the actual auction started, uh, I was. It, it shot up to a hundred, and a hundred was my limit. And the wife, my wife, was there with me, and I'm sitting there, and I kind of look up at her, and I'm like, "It's for charity." You had the puppy dog eyes, didn't you? Yeah. So, but, but it's it's. It, 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 uh, uh, uh. I inspired this. I need that. Well, that's what I said. I said that she's like, "Well," and because I was in the write up, it says inspired by the anime freaks thing, you know, blah blah blah. So then, uh, uh, boom. She let me do it again. Mm-hmm. She let me bid one more time, and then it went up to 120. <laughs> uh, and I looked at her and go, "Think of the children." And then I bid one more time, <laughs> and and then it went up to 140. <laughs> and I'm going, "Oh my god!" So I bid one more time, and I'm like, "This is it." And the auction's going on. And at one point, I thought I had it because he says. Uh, last time going, 
And I'm going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And there was this long, drawn-out pause. And finally, and do I have one more bid? I'm like, no, no, there's no more bids. It's, no, <laughs> no, you <stop>. don't. <laughs> That's not fair. Shut up. <laughs> and then finally sold 140. You're like, yes, I got it. Thank God. And, I, and I'm thinking, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> Why did I buy? Immediate buyer's remorse. I was like, what the hell was I thinking? And I'm like, no, no. But, but uh, so uh, just last weekend, I went over to Disney and I picked it up personally from Matt. And we met over at Downtown Disney, which I have to say was a nightmare. Because it's close I, to Christmas. I've only been to downtown Disney once, and it was a nightmare then, and it was... Well, the parking what? has got worse. We were it's park- gotten worse? Yeah, because they're building a parking lot, so a lot of the existing parking has been blocked off while they're building oh, it, the parking it, garage? It was like that when I was there. I was there in April. Oh, well, it's gotten it, no better. Yeah, I... I I can't imagine it getting worse. They would have to bust you in from the Magic Kingdom. I was parked in casting across the street. Yeah, that's where we parked. Oh, okay. And then they yeah. bust you over. No, we had to. I walked. We walked. We had... You walk from here. So, no, no, oh, okay. Indiana Jones thing. <laughs> well, I guess you know, knowing people doesn't have any benefit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just stroll on over, and then actually, I met up with Scott Gardner later as, as well. And, uh, you know, had a nice little, just hung out and chit-chatted. And I picked up my armor piece, so it is now in my house, still safely in its box, because I have not quite figured out how I'm going to mount the pieces together and where I'm going to put them. But I do have them, and I do have my my Star Force Wars piece, and it was all for charity. Hooray! Yes. Now, I want to see you put that on some type of shirt so you can wear it to a con. No, I'm not going to screw that up, no. Hey, they fit Matt. Yeah. It's <laughs> a little bit of a size difference there. I, I I don't think you can supersize Boba Fett. Anyway. And that just stopped everything. <laughs> tracks. That was so, just a weird image. So yeah, that's that's the only new uh new Star Wars uh well, I mean uh Star Blazer, Star Forcey ish news that I have. And, and that's a hundred percent more than I have. Uh now, I I haven't even really been watching anything anime besides Star Blazers recently. I've just been doing too many other things. Mm-hmm. You know, mainly this almost three hour podcast I just put out of me reading a Christmas Carol. That is uh, that is one hell of a time sink. I'll tell you that. Because you... it's it you have to read it right. Mm-hmm. So you have to find time to read it, and then because I am not a professional by any stretch of the imagination, I screw up. No. So for that three hours, uh, it, it ended up, I think, final time was like two hours and 45 minutes. I had like four and a half hours of audio. Mm. And then it took me 12, 12 or 13 hours of editing to get it done. And that's with no music or sound effects or anything. Mm-hmm. Did you by chance, did you try, I'm not trying, trying to be funny, did you try voices for different characters? Did you try to give them... I did, yes. Oh, okay, cool. That's why I called it oh. a dramatic reading. Awesome. For Scrooge, I did something like this. And for the ghost of Christmas present, I did this. Oh, so, all right. You should have got together with Tom Harris. <laughs> you could have... Well, you... I'll, I'll tell you this much. Tom can do a better female voice than I can. Jude Foster here! Exactly. <laughs> And anyone, anyone who does not know what we're talking about by uh, about by mentioning the name of Tom Harris, please go listen to Radio Free Asgard. Yes, it is on iTunes. It's on its own website, RadioFreeAsgard.com. You must go listen to it. 
it is an amazing podcast. Because basically Tom will do a dramatic reading of a Thor comic in yes. Voices with the evil Loki and Odin and Jane Foster and all the rest. So Yes. That's all. Oh, almost seems like that would be a place for a Tom Harris promo. This is the old father Odin, and you should be listening to Radio Free Asgard. No, no, that's just not going to work. Let's try this again. This is the evil Loki, and if you hate Thor as much as I do, you should be... All right, let's just try one more thing. Jane Foster here, and you should be... Ah, risen. All right, let's just keep this simple. Hello, everybody. My name is Tom Harris, and I do a podcast called Radio Free Asgard, which airs every Thursday over at RadioFreeAsgard.com. We cover the adventures of Thor, Hercules, and more from ancient times all the way up into the present day. We read old comics and make fun of them. I do ridiculous voices and generally make an ass of myself. So if that sounds fun to you, you should come join us. The only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin over at RadioFreeAsgard.com. And we'll see you there. Well, what do you know? <laughs> so that's that's your Star Blazers news. Did you do anything else anime-wise? Like maybe get a uh, comic book? Oh, yes. Well, I didn't. I I didn't wasn't going to bore everybody here if they had heard it somewhere else. But well, yeah, I guess I could say that here because it is anime. Uh, yes. I was able to finally procure through a nice gift by Michael Sudurlo, um, who so much loves my telling of the tale of Apollo Smile number one from Back to the Bins, which Paul Spataro just just still can't believe to this day how wonderful that comic book was. Even He's though, just jealous. Yes, yes, he is. So, uh, and of course, Michael and Scott Gardner had me strung along like a fish on a hook because for some, for some reason in my crazy head, I had this idea that it was going to be something crazy like Avengers number four, first appearance of Captain America because I had asked Scott because he wouldn't tell me what it was, and it said, you, you have to, you cannot tell Bill what this is. So I, t I, I happened to say to Scott, well, look, I'm going to be going to a small comic show locally. Should I be concerned that I might pick this book up? And he's like, oh, no, I guarantee you're not going to pick this book up. <laughs> hmm. Really? Hmm. Okay. I, he just played it up and had me thinking, and then, then I opened it, and it was Apollo Smile number two, and another copy of Apollo Smile number one. So actually, I should send that a copy of Apollo Smile number one to Paul Spataro. Yes, you should. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who has no idea who Apollo Smile is, back in the 90s, she was she billed herself as the world's first live action anime girl. Um she did uh she dressed in skin tight outfits, had her hair up in little anime style and uh spoke Japanese phrases, probably fluent Japanese and bounced around, did karate kicks, uh, played video games, and had her own comic book and her own music. And she was also a host on Anime Week on Sci Fi Channel, I believe in the late 90s. So that was Apollo Smile. And she also had a two issues of her comic book, which I now own both, and probably one of the few remaining copies. <laughs> <laughs> So what, the rest of them are in the landfill with the E.T. cartridges? Uh, actually, no, we think Professor Alan Middleton took all of them to try to uh, hold them, lord them o over me to blackmail me into uh, getting his internship back <laughs> <laughs> on Back to the Bins. We're not quite sure. 
<laughs> Didn't sound like it's something he wanted back. I well, you know, you never know. The benefits are good, you know. Well, all right, no, they're not. <laughs> they're just like the regular Demonzo Core benefits, just less. Yes, all the tortellini and um, cannoli you can eat. How'd you know what I had for dinner? Well, you know, same thing I had when it's all you. It's all you when it's free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And on the pay we make, well, you know, cannoli again. <laughs> cannoli pizza, deep fried cannoli, cannoli on a stick, cannoli dogs. <laughs> Is that what was barking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was Comet eating his cannoli chow. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Well, I think we've, uh, well, I guess the only other thing before we get into show proper, um, supposedly, let's see, let me check that email bag here. Uh, hmm, nothing in it. <laughs> Come on, let's get some emails, people. Please. Yeah, I, I, I have a recording of somebody on this show saying he was going to send us an email, and he never did. You. Uh, anyway, if, if you would like to send us an email, our very first email, other than the test ones I've been sending just to make sure the address works, you can send it to anime at thehammerstrikes.com. And we really could use some feedback here just because we are coming up very quickly on our mid-season break. And what are we doing at our mid-season break there, Bill? We don't know yet because nobody's emailed us. Exactly. Because we are going to be taking a break from Star Blazers. And we want to record a, about a newer anime movie. Now, we could make a choice ourselves. That is not a problem. But we're giving you guys the option of choosing the programming here. Do you really want to leave it up to us? I didn't think so. So send that email in. Remember, anime at thehammerstrikes.com. Yeah, because, you know, I'm sure I can find a copy of Paul Smiles' movie somewhere, if there is one. If not, we'll just make one. <laughs> and I'll be wearing a skin-tight outfit with the blonde Please pig- send an email. With the blonde Please. pigtails. Ugh. <laughs> 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 I think, we'll, I think we'll take a break so we can recover from that. Yes, yes, that would be a good idea. All right, see you on the other side, everyone. We all remember seeing years ago those futuristic drawings saying what the future is going to be. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. Gleaming buildings, fast monorails. This is the future. It was all started by a monster. Twice the size of Manhattan. We want you to share with us our latest and greatest dream. Walt Disney World. Better than any other urban environment in America. Two True Freaks proudly presents... We hope that it will be unlike anything else on this earth. Golf courses, campgrounds, stores, hotels. Earning my ears. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for everyone who participates. We're ready to go right now. Earning My Ears, a Walt Disney World-centric podcast, is available monthly at Two True Freaks. Dot com. Well, hey there. This is Huckleberry Ham. And when I'm not busy making movies or TV shows, I enjoy listening to my favorite internet radio show, Two True Freaks. They got all sorts of shows for y'all to listen to, covering all sorts of geeky topics. Star Trek, Star Wars, cartoons, scary movies, folks eating supper, music, giant monsters, and one feller who buys stuff at garage sales. And the funny books. My word, the funny books. Old funny books. New funny books. Scary funny books. Movies about funny books. Funny books about movies. British fellers talking about funny books. And lots more. 
So why don't you check these fellers out and head on over to twotruefreaks.com and tell them Huckleberry sent you. Two True Freaks, chock full of great podcasts since 2008. Sounds great, Mr. Hound. Thanks for coming in today. Oh, no problem, fellers. Now, if y'all excuse me, I have to run. I'm shooting a movie. It's a western, and if y'all see Quick Draw McGraw, don't tell him. He's still hot at me about the good, the bad, and Huckleberry Hound. And once he gets all El Cabong, he's a pain in the you-know-where. And then there was this one time that he and Baba Louie had a little too much sarsaparilla, and Quickdraw said something to Magilla Gorilla that I won't repeat, you understand? We were shooting Yogi's gang, and things got mighty tense. Boo-Boo, and, and Boo-Boo's a great feller, real sharp, love working with him. Boo-Boo kept it all from Yogi, you understand? But boy, I tell you, TwoTrueFreaks.com. Tell them Huckleberry the sent you. And welcome back. It was a very quick break, and we are going to go into our uh, review or synopsis at the moment of Episode 9. Take it away, Bill. Thank you, Gene. Episode 9 of Season 1 is entitled The Asteroid Ring. To make the needed repairs to the Argo, Captain Avatar orders the battleship to sail for the asteroid belt remains of Minerva, the 10th planet in the solar system destroyed by the Cybermen. Oh, no, wait, <laughs> sorry, no, wrong, wrong. Wrong show. The first to have been destroyed by the Gamelons. To hide the battleship from Gamelon radar detection, Sandar devises a plan to cover the hull with asteroid fragments. Of course, maybe they should have covered the top of the hull as well, but anyway. Meanwhile, Colonel Gans orders his fleet to locate and destroy the Argo. When the Gamelon fleet loses track of the Star Force, Gans initially suspects the Earthlings of performing a space warp. But when his crew locate the Argo in the asteroid field, he seizes the opportunity to attack. To repel the Gamelon fleet, Sandor advises Avatar to reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. Oh, sorry. Again, Doctor Who. My bad. <laughs> to reverse the polarity of the magnetized asteroid fragments covering the ship. This results in the creation of a defensive asteroid ring that blocks incoming Gamelon fire. When the Gamelon fleet closes in on the Argo, the battleship releases the revolving asteroid fragments, causing them to scatter in all directions. In their attempt to avoid being struck by the fragments because they were probably drunk, most of the Gamelon ships end up colliding with one another, which results in the destruction of the fleet. Although the escorts are destroyed, Gan's flagship is undamaged and lurches directly towards the Argo on a collision course. To prevent the two ships from colliding, the Argo fires a rocket anchor into the Gamelon commander's ship, knocking it off course just enough to narrowly avoid impact. Gans' flagship then careens into an asteroid and explodes, and the Star Force sails on with a rendezvous with the edge of the solar system. Earth has only 338 days left. I'd like to be in an asteroid sea in a robot's botanical garden with Dr. Sane. <laughs> we'll explain that in a second. <laughs> oh, boy. Ah, so... What do we have to say about the asteroid ring? Uh, I want to know where they're keeping all this foot-thick steel that they keep repairing the hull with. <laughs> uh, like, no wonder <laughs> they can fix this ship so fast. They just come out, bzz, like a laser buzzsaw, 
chuck off the old piece and just slide this massive whole plate right in. I'm like, I'm thinking you're telling me Xander's just like whipping that up in that little tiny contraption he's got down there. <laughs> that makes things only a quarter of the size they need to be. Right. I was, yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I I was amazed by how fast they were getting those pieces out there. Mm-hmm. And they've got those little sh- suits with the extended grappler arms that they're moving these big steel plates around with and everything. Right. Ugh. And what struck me as a little odd is, shouldn't Orion be in charge of the repairs? Why is the science officer doing it? <laughs> well, because the, it involved science with <laughs> hiding the ship. I yeah. Now, it was pretty cool. With, um, you know, they fired off the, um, uh, what did they call them? The magnetic. Uh, I didn't even, I didn't write. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Basically, they shot off these little things that looked, and when, they're sh- when, when these things go off, it looks like there's fireworks going off in the asteroid field. I'm like, hello, aren't you supposed to be hiding? <laughs> boom. Well, they shoot off these shells and they burst apart and these little tiny metal fragments go out and they bury themselves in all the chunks of the asteroids. Conveniently enough, all chunks of the asteroids that are smooth on one side. Yes. And then draw them into, and they cover up the Argo, but not completely. Hmm. Well, because then I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, if they cover themselves in, because I didn't remember this completely as I was watching it. I'm thinking, well, how are they going to re- how are they going to repair the ship if they're covered in rock? Well, funny you should ask, Bill. Because they don't completely cover it. They cover it in, like, certain sections. And they sneak in behind the rocks and fix the plates that are broken. But then they don't bother to cover up the whole superstructure of the ship. Right, so it basically looks like there's an asteroid floating there with the Argo superstructure on top of it. Yeah, with the gun mounts and and the front <laughs> the front of the ship, you can still see the, where the wave motion gun's at. It's a big <laughs> hole there. And... The concept was cool, but I just mm-hmm. wish they would have maybe covered it up some more. Just a little bit, but then you wouldn't be able to have the Gamelons find them and end up with a great space battle at the end of the, the episode. Well, you had the comic relief of um, Gan- Gans and... Uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, uh, dummy number two? They go, oh, look, sir, the Argo! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gans doesn't get out much, does he? He's he's supposed to be the Gamelon commander, and the Gamelons destroyed Minerva. So, but when they go to the asteroid field, he says, "What is Miner- this? Yeah, what is this thing? Oh, well, this is the remains of the planet Minerva. Minerva, what's that? <laughs> oh, well, you <laughs> the know what? planet we destroyed. He's not the only brain trust because uh, this time Wildstar is Captain Obvious. <laughs> so Avatar says, "We're gonna hide in the asteroid field, which is the remains of the planet Minerva." Then uh, Chowderhead chimes in, Minerva was a planet? <laughs> Didn't I just say that? I mean, Venture was, it says, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Venture Gump actually tells him, yeah, it was a planet, Derek. Hey. Mm. Oh. <laughs> they should have pulled a few more rocks in on their heads. <laughs> uh, oh, here's something else. They don't have enough time before the Gamelon fleet gets there to repair the Argo sufficiently, correct? That's what they said. So they have to come up with this whole plan with the asteroids and all that. Did Sandor have these things already? (laughs) Because it looked to me like he was just designing them. Yeah, because he's sitting in his chair. Hmm, hmm, hmm. So how long does it take to make the 2,000 little rockets that they, they needed 
to get the asteroids there. Well, Isn't that time they should have been using to repair the ship? Well, because plus, what was it? They're repairing the ship, and Sandor's at his desk, and then you hear, bray, bray, bray. they have the red alert stuff. He's like, they can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? We yeah, Avatar calls to everyone to Palace Station, Sandor looks up, he can't do that. <laughs> uh, he's the captain, dumbass. Yes, he can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for that wait i have this completely really intricate plan already prepared <laughs> so but there was some there was some very nice shots of the ship in the asteroid field um mm. one from the side um because usually it seems like in, in the show a lot of times we don't see the argo completely from the side and when i mean by that a straight boom yeah just usually just profile from... usually it's the it's at an angle from the top from the bottom from the back right and there's another shot that you don't see very often in this also and that's coming directly at you from the bow underneath a little bit mm-hmm. and those two shots were unique and i don't remember really seeing that in a lot of the other episodes at least not until this episode I have not right. seen these two shots, and I really thought that they were good. No, usually it's it's from the front or from the back. So mm-hmm. they're, you're even coming towards you or going away from you. Or if you see the side at all, it's as it comes towards you and goes past really close. Right, right. So you don't get to see the whole side of the ship, just part of it. But you also get to see Gans's command ship in profile. And that looks a lot different than it does head-on. Almost, you know? I almost think it's... Looks like a different ship. It does because it, it, like it does not look the ship. same. Because from the front, although you know what, the Argo looked somewhat the same with its straight-on shot as well. It almost mm. looks like it's much wider because right. when they showed Gantz's ship, it seemed to have a much longer front to it, much narrower. But when it was coming straight at you, the thing looks freaking huge. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say Gans's ship. You said had was not damaged at all during the fight, and yet at the end, when the Argo and that ship are coming at each other, I think it's Wildstar that says, "Oh my God, they're gonna hit us!" Then you get flip over to Gans, and Gans says, "Oh my God, they're gonna hit us!" It's like <laughs> somebody turn. Yeah. Somebody play uh, space chicken. Apparently, yeah. Well, <laughs> Gans played that with an asteroid and lost. Yeah. That that whole thing was kind of. Uh, physics, you know, eh. Well, I, we don't need to explain that. Yeah, yeah, but I uh, do like maybe, the explosion. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, so they fire the rocket anchor into the side of the ship, which I guess you could say pushes it a little bit, and then uh, the anchor chain goes taut, Gans's ship flips over, the Argo doesn't move, so I guess its tonnage is much heavier, mm. and the chain snaps, and then the flagship flips over completely and smashes onto an asteroid and explodes. Mm. Now, prior to that, I guess we should talk a little bit about the um, the actual, what they asteroid did, ring. yeah, <laughs> which I think is pretty cool. Oh, it is. It, it, it is so cool that is the first shot you see in the opening credits. Yes, yes. This is another, this is a, a second episode where we, uh, back to back, because last, last time we saw, there's, there's like two shots from the opening credits in last month's show that we did and then here we have another one this time around because last time we had the one we got we got two did we we get two two in here because when crypt comes on the screen to talk to gans that is the opening shot when they say uh fighting the fighting with the gamelons okay that's the shot yeah 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 that's right yep so yeah this is this is a these two you know these ones right here have been pretty heavy in in the opening credits probably because they're such these have been some pretty good shows 
Yes. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing that when they release they release the asteroids and it forms into a spinning ring that's just spinning around the Argo. And as the lasers are coming in, they're directing. Of course, they don't really don't do that at first. They just seem to keep strike. It's spinning and they're striking where it's hitting. But right. later, they do start to actually rotate it and flip it in front of the ship, going around the ship like a sphere. And it's blocking the incoming laser fire to prevent it from hitting the Argo, which is pretty cool. And this reminds me of later in Robotech, the first, ro- uh, the first, thank you, comment, <laughs> the first Robotech series. Yeah, I was saying Robotech. He was going, Robotech. <laughs> Say it, Bill. In the Macross section with the SDF-1, uh-huh. do you remember the pinpoint defense they had? They tried to have a... Oh, yeah, it was like a, a moving shield. Yeah, it was like yes. three... They had the three women on... on, on will you shut up, Comet? They, <laughs> I'm getting to it. They had the three women on the bridge, and each one would control this one little force shield and they would spin it like a, on a rollerball and it would, but it would travel all over the body of the ship and they would block incoming missiles mm-hmm. so it kind of reminded me of that although that this came first but the you know that in, in that show you know maybe it, it's an homage maybe it's been in other a- a- anime but uh, it just made, made me think of it here yeah so Gantz uh, he's pretty much like Ahab crazy oh yes <laughs> yeah he, he was completely off his nut oh yeah Although, I have to say, in this episode, I think this is the first episode where we actually, they don't try and hide, yeah, a whole mess of Gamelons are dead. Yeah. Because up until now, it's, oh, we've gotten away perfectly fine, oh, it's a robot tank. No, this time, they're all dead. The entire fleet is destroyed, Gantz's command ship is blown to smithereens. They didn't even try to cover any of this up. It's not like, oh, well, we saw some escape pods. No. No, no, because um, when they released the asteroid field all, all at once, all the ships are swerving. Now, granted, it's the same cut shots like two or three times, mm-hmm. but, you know, the ships swerve and then they just smash right into each other and blow up. Yeah, they're dead. They're they're toast is the nice way to put it, I guess you could say. And speaking of toast, <laughs> of course, this isn't really a good segue. Uh, everybody's just, this is from the, uh, why I was singing at the beginning after I finished. So this time IQ nine has programmed himself with a green thumb. Yes. Because he rolls in with, uh, tomato juice that he's made for everybody in his botanical garden with Dr. Sane. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's like, ah, that's, this is when they're, I, this was just after they had cover the ship with the asteroids and everybody's just chilling out drinking uh, tomato juice hey yeah this is great (sighs) delicious you know freaky venture wow this is better than on earth not that anything can grow on earth anymore dummy (laughs) he's the only one that doesn't just down the whole thing in one shot though he's sipping out of the straw everyone else just throws it back I think there were bloody Marys I think so too yeah (laughs) more of that Spring water we'll see next episode that you're going to yes. cover. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, like I said earlier, and how do they uh, get rid of the um, the asteroids? Why, they reverse the polarity. Yes. Well, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Of course. <laughs> reverse the polarity. Wham! Reverse the, the, reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. So, yeah, this was uh, – so now pretty much their, um, their villain – for the moment, has been taken care of, and uh, they kind of can breathe a sigh of the relief. Uh, breathe a sigh of relief as that they too. as they start to head out. Unfortunately, we have to 
take a moment to pause for the passing of the rocket anchor because I don't think it was recovered from Gans's ship. But that's okay. Xander can make another one. It'll be yeah. A- they, they have what twenty spares? Don't they? <laughs> I, either that, or they'll make one that's only a quarter of the size they need it to be. <laughs> oh, and of course, I think they did. They all just take a nap at the end. It looks like it, yeah. <laughs> I Everyone's got their head two, down. I, I, yeah, I, I could see one or two people having their head down, just going, oh my god, that was close. Every single person on the bridge crew has their head down like it's nappy time. It's like It was what, such a relief to get through that. What are you people doing? <laughs> what was in that freaking tomato juice? I'm telling you, they're all drunks on that ship. Well, IQ-9 was trying to drug Nova, but he accidentally put it in everybody's drink. <laughs> so IQ-9 had ketamine or rufinol or something, and he was... Uh, whatever uh, it is, yeah. He, maybe he was reading Bill Cosby's uh, bio. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> oh! Ooh, too soon? Or uh, right on time? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Depends on when this comes out, I guess. Oops. <laughs> I apologize to any Bill Cosby listeners and fans out there. No, I don't. No, <laughs> I didn't think you did. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Anyway. Uh, I think it's time for the next episode. Yes. Uh, uh, well, how about uh, you take it away there, Mr. Hendricks? Episode 10, We Will Return. I will not be singing this. <laughs> the Star Force are contacted by the commander of the Earth Defense Force, who requests an update on the mission. But while he is requesting this update, he is Captain Exposition and tells everybody watching the show everything about Earth up until this episode. Aware that this will be the last chance the crew will have to speak to anyone on Earth for quite some time, Avatar arranges for five minutes for each crewman to say farewell to his or her family before the Argo makes a warp out of Earth's solar system. One by one, the crew says their last goodbyes, leaving both the crew and the families on Earth emotional, and it's mainly due to the damn music they're playing. (laughs) Although the crew has been given the opportunity to speak with their family members one last time, both Wildstar and Avatar are without family to bid goodbye. Eventually, Wildstar ends up in Avatar's quarters, not like that, at which point Avatar invites Wildstar to share a drink with him before they depart the solar system, screaming their heads off. (laughs) Earth has only 315 days left, so this is 23 days after the previous episode. Mm. (sighs) I just have to say, uh, no pressure from the Earth commander. Yeah, really. Man, can you lay that on any thicker? I, I love how we need an update. Tell us what's going on. But in the meantime, let me tell you everything you already know. <laughs> yeah, he's talking the entire transmission, even though he knows it only lasts a certain amount of time. So was the sign that popped up under the Earth Commander for us or for the bridge crew? Because <laughs> there's as soon as he starts talking on the screen, there's this big and bold letters, Earth yeah. Commander. That's to cover the Japanese, because in, in the original episode, they had Japanese characters telling you who it was. And same thing with Deslock at the end of the episode. Right. It's, yeah, but... but, but, but but why do we need that? Why do they need that anyway? We know who this is. Well, we I, apparently we don't because uh, he has to recap the entire plot. <laughs> All I gotta say also is, uh, did one of those crewmen just say, what's a space warp? <laughs> uh, hello, were you asleep with the apparently. other one we already did? Yeah, it was his rack time when they were warping last oh, time. What's a sp- <laughs> he says, well, what's a space warp? <laughs> At which point, even Venture looks at him like, are you stupid? It's just like, even I know what a space warp is. <laughs> I just don't know what, you know, 
Power up means uh, <laughs> this guy's an idiot. Yeah. Now I have to point something out about this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but watching this in the briefing they had, there are at least six women on the Argo. That's right, and they and why do we know that? Because they all wear yellow tight fitting jumpsuits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's at least one redhead on there, too. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, and, look. And, and one of them's engaged. And they're all packing heat. Yes. Well, if there are only six women on a battleship, <laughs> they need to. That's right. Because <laughs> you got IQ9 coming around with spiked tomato juice. <laughs> now, all kidding aside, this is probably... I mean, la- the last few episodes have been battle-heavy. Mm-hmm. This is one with no fighting... Or anything. This is entire character moments, and this is probably one of my favorite episodes of the entire run. Just because you get, you find out all about Orion's family, and Nova's family, and Venture's family, and it's, and you get to see all these crewmen you don't ever see again, I don't think. But it's like, oh, yeah. Hey, look, I have a son. Hey, he looks just like you. Maybe he'll grow out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's even, you know, besides Orion, there's like the one frumpy guy there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that that looks like the uh, the Simpsons comic book store guy. Comic book guy, yeah. <laughs> Except he had no no ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> Worst Star Force ever. But this is this bit with Wildstar not having anyone to call. That was copied for the live action movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just such a powerful thing. I I, I wish Avatar didn't spill the beans so early in the episode. Because he, Wildstar's in a bad mood, for obvious reasons, and Avatar thinks to himself, oh, you know, Wildstar has no family, I keep forgetting that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if if he hadn't said anything, or thought anything, if there wasn't anything for the audience to hear, it would have been a much better reveal when he's in the communications booth, just sitting there. Yeah. And Nova comes in, and he says, I don't have anyone on, to call on Earth! Yeah, I know, that was, that, that was a very... Very sad scene. Yeah, and and well, I mean they're playing the the dirge music under it, so every oh, time yeah. you get someone, but this is a cartoon character crying for their cartoon brother, and I'm sitting there choking up because of the stupid music. But there was three variations of the sad theme. Yes, there was one with a guitar. Mm. There was one with Wildstar whistling. Yes, he was sitting on the bridge whistling it. Yeah, and then there was another one uh, with people singing. Yes, the. Because at the very end, Avatar and Wildstar are sharing a drink of spring water wink, wink. In, in Avatar's quarters, and they get up and they they're shouting, "We will return to yeah. the Earth!" And they obviously the spring water had an effect on them. No. And then it the music comes up and people start singing, "We will return again." Mm-hmm. And I'm not singing it because I can't sing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More delicious spring water. Yes. Two guys drunk in a captain's quarters screaming at the... We will return! As as I said to my wife as we were watching this, I turned to her and said, Yeah, because everyone drinks spring water out of a shot glass. I I was worried for... Of course, we've kind of... Uh, I we've kind of got our own little things going now. You know, I wanted him to say, Here, some prune juice I picked up back on Earth before I left. <laughs> Okay, now I have to get I have to photoshop that bottle to have purple liquid in it. <laughs> yeah, with with the family stuff, it was touching and but uh I think Nova's mother is either the eternal optimist or she's completely okay, she's either the eternal optimist, completely oblivious or just batshit crazy. 
<laughs> well, she actually says in the episode, because for anyone that hasn't watched it yet, and why haven't you, we pr- keep providing you links to YouTube for this. She's trying to set Nova up with the neighbor. <laughs> yeah. And she's got a stack of photos. Oh, you don't like him? Try him. Or try him. <laughs> I know. She's like, you know, Mom, I might not even come back. I mean, so she's in denial. Yes. <laughs> For one thing. You know, yeah, she's, yeah, it's, uh, and then you you go to Venture, and I can't believe what Venture says to his dad. Okay, you got to remember, everybody's back on the on the Earth living underground in fear of their lives from the creeping radiation that's slowly working its way down to the people huddled in the in the shelters, fighting to survive. Food's probably getting scarce. And what does Venture say? Looks like you lost some weight, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in this episode, we find that the Argo has a fully equipped galley. Yeah, with a chef. Why do we? With a, and why do we know he's a chef? Because he has a knife and fork on his apron. That's right. He has a red knife and knife and fork <laughs> on his apron and his hat. Yes, and he tells Avatar, "Well, you have to leave me alone if you want your roast beef done just right." <laughs> so people on Earth are starving, but these guys are getting top quality roast beef. See, it's like being in the submarine service. <laughs> See, we should have had like to show that this was an international group crew. Crew, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, uh, you know he he should have been an Italian chef, Captain Avatar. Why are you coming to my galley? <laughs> What's the matter for you? What's Get out of here! I, I can't make no food. You gotta go. <laughs> I'm not having no more prune juice. You took you drank it all. <laughs> how could somebody be not so much regular? How much prune juice you drink? Uh, can you tell it's late ladies and gentlemen (laughs) well you know i know we laugh and everything but yeah this this was a sad episode to watch although i don't know why well you know nova really she was really torn up after she realizes that derek has nobody to to talk to yeah, because I think this is the first time in the show that we... No, no, because Venture mentions it at one point, but I think it's just to Wildstar. He just says, you know, I'm sorry you don't have anyone to say goodbye to in, like, the second episode. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time anybody else figures out, oh, wait, he doesn't have any family. Right. You know, so Nova's going in trying to say, oh, I forgot to tell him how to turn it on. It's like, well, he's just sitting there. What's going on? Okay, but... <laughs> All right, she the guy flies the ship and shoots the main gun. You don't think he can figure out how to turn on a communication device? <laughs> I mean, no, I, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, come on. Why you really want to come in here? No, sorry. Wow. But, um, what the hell's with the door on that thing? <laughs> it's like the entire wall slides over. <laughs> I want privacy, damn it. <laughs> but um, the one when. Orion calls his family and he sees, I believe that's his granddaughter, isn't it? Yes. And, and you know, he's trying to touch. And when he has to go, he's trying to hug the screen and he's crying. It's really, you know, I, I spent time in the Navy and I know, now granted, I didn't have to travel uh, 286,000 light years and back to save the Earth, but I was in Cuba <laughs> or in Italy or in Crete. And, yeah, uh, you so you, you you could not just go home. Yes, you, know, you yeah. were stationed countries, other countries far away. You know, and we could only 
pulled into port, you know, now it's my understanding that the communication may be a little easier on ships. But when I was on a ship, there was not as such easy technology. And the only place you could call someone is when you pulled into port in certain phone places, phone uh, exchanges to where you could call. And and that was it. And, you know, and sometimes you only had a few minutes to try to tell everybody you're OK and that you and that you love them. And it could be very, be very hard, you know, for the people that you're calling. So it's, it's you know, I remember I had gotten my grandmother had 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 a, uh, a stroke while I was underway and I had got a Red Cross message and they had to give me special permission to actually use communication on the ship to call back to the states on the ship to see how my grip because i had got a red cross message so that you know authorized that for Mm -hmm. for me to do that because an average crew member is not allowed to do that for for various reasons because they don't have you know that it's just not done there has to be a emergency for it 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 to happen so so you know that's you know it kind of hit home on a few other things watching this now because I had not seen this since I was in the Navy. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I, I remember watching it just after I got out of the service. I watched this one again, but that's been almost 20 years. So, yeah, well, I, <clears throat> this is the first time I, I think I've watched it since I've been a father, you know, I mean, I, well, I that's can, true. yes, this would be the first time I've watched it since. Yeah, so it's like, uh, you, you see, okay, it's, it's Orion's granddaughter, but I'm thinking it, it's my daughter. You know, mm-hmm. if I was that far away from her and all, you know, suddenly all of a sudden communication got cut off, I would do the same damn thing. You know, I just sit there and sob probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, <laughs> on that downer. <laughs> well, there was one thing that, Avatar said that I couldn't believe that he, Avatar became Mace Windu. <laughs> the party's over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, what a dick. Did yeah. you just say that? <laughs> this party's yeah, over. Uh, what's the communication officer's name? Damn it. Homer? Uh, no. Homer. Homer. Yeah. Homer. So Homer says, we, we have now left the solar system. Video communication is now impossible with Earth. So Avatar picks up the communicator. Yeah. The party's over. Get back to work. That's almost literally what he says. The party's <laughs> over. We've got a job to do. Let's go. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, this was uh, yeah, this this was a tough one. So we finally got to where we wanted to be. We are, we are now leaving leaving the solar system, and, you know, the poop's going to hit the cosmic fan, I guess. Yeah, and Deslock was at the end of the episode saying, ah, the Star Force is coming even further into my territory. You know, they were, there's nowhere for them to hide. Mm-hmm. Yep, so I guess that leaves us with uh, what we're going to be covering next time, which is next time we're going to uh, cover three episodes. Yes, and that will get us to the exact midpoint of the season. Mm-hmm. Bam for time. I'm trying to look up the <laughs> The okay. I had them earlier. and The episodes are The Deathlock Mines, The Sea of Fire. Down, 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 the great sea of fire. The Sea of Fire! Oh. And The oh, Gamelon right. Pilot. Yep. Yes, I've watched Finding Nemo recently. I was going to say, I know I've heard that before. Yes, so three episodes next time. We may or may not have a guest. We don't know yet. Oh, we could. We'll have a third. We could actually have someone. No? Yeah. We'll have to see. And then after that, we'll be the mid-season break where you still have the opportunity to tell us what you want to hear us talk about. If not, yeah, it, 
we may just do Apollo Smile. I'm not threatening you or anything, but I'm just saying <laughs> that's a possibility. I'll get Alvin. Alvin can play the role of cat. I can be Apollo Smile. <laughs> you don't want to see that, people. I'm telling you. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I have to do the video call with him. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Might cut off my circulation. I don't know. Those outfits are pretty tight. <laughs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Well, we'll worry about it later. So so right. basically, uh, we have no email, so we're going to talk about mm, little jibber-jabber, talk about Christmas, uh, I'll talk about the Artmore stuff. Right. And um, we'll get right into it then. Okay, that works. Alrighty. So um, wait, we have a plan. What the hell's going on here? You know, Custer had a plan too. <laughs> and then all the Indians in the world rode down on his head. <laughs> that is Bill Cosby. I know yes, that. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> Cam Custer is Cam Sitbull. Cam Sitbull is Cam Custer. Toss a coin. <laughs> Custer calls heads, heads in his tails. <laughs> All right. What are you guys going to do? Okay. <laughs> I'd love that bit. <laughs> Cam Custer, you and your men are going to sit at the bottom of this hill while Cam Sittenbull and all the entities in the world ride right down on top of you. <laughs> at the beginning of every football game, a referee comes out and he introduces the two team captains and then he flips a coin. Captain Hobbins, this is Captain Sobers. Captain Sobers, this is Captain Hobbins. Call the toss there, Captain Hobbins. Captain Hobbins, call heads, heads, tails. You lose a toss, your team wins. What will you do, Captain? Now he'll do whatever is to his advantage. We want to see, we want to see. All right, then. <laughs> This team here will receive, they will receive, and what will these guys do? They will kick off, they will kick off. All right? This team here will kick off, they will kick off. All right? Now, I was thinking that perhaps what would happen, suppose way back in history, if you had a referee before every war, and a guy called a toss. Let's go to the Revolutionary War. Okay. Captain Harbour to the British, this Captain Sober to the settlers. Captain Sober to the settlers, Captain Harbour to the British. Call a toss there, British. British call heads, it's tails. You lose a toss, British settlers win. What we do, settlers? All right, the settlers say that during the war, they will wear any color clothes that they want to, shoot from behind the rocks, the trees, and everywhere. Says that your team must wear red and march in a straight line. <laughs>
Or else you have, like, the Indians and the Cavalry. See, referees, same referee. Captain Custer, this is Captain Sitting Bull. <laughs> Captain Sitting Bull, this is Captain Custer. Call it toss, cuss. He calls heads, his tails. You lose a toss. <laughs> <laughs> what will you do there, Sit? All right, Captain Sinbull says that you and your boys got to wait down at the bottom of the hill while him and all the Indians in the world ride right down on you. <laughs> <laughs>